feeling is the presence of the Lord. This is the presence of the Lord that we're feeling in this place uh, this morning. And we know that God is with us and He is among us. And uh, we're so glad that you're here. We're very glad to see the Deer Park basketball team. Could we give this a wonderful group of young people? Thanks, guys. If you could just stand. We're so glad you're here. God bless you. Thank you for being here today. Amen. And, and uh, we're so grateful that they are here this morning, and, and we welcome them, and we welcome all who have come. I'm so delighted, as you are, to see Brother and Sister Enos here this morning. Could we give God praise for this wonderful miracle? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. As you know, about nearly two months ago, the enemy came in like a flood against Brother Enos. But I'm grateful that when the enemy comes in like a flood, the Spirit of the Lord raises up a standard against the enemy. <laughs> Hallelujah. Glory to God. And there were a few times it was a touch-and-go situation, and we were not certain as to what the outcome was going to be, but we were certain that the Lord had all things in His hand. Hallelujah. And I'm glad we can trust Him, for He is a refuge and a shelter for us. And today, Brother Enos is with us in the house of the Lord, and we give God all praise. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, precious Jesus. God is good, and we are grateful for it, and we, we just love the Lord today. I'm so grateful to be in the house of God this morning, and uh, this week has been a wonderful week. Uh, so many wonderful things are happening in the church, ladies and gentlemen. I mean, lives are being touched. People's, people's lives are being changed by the glory of God. We had, uh, Ann and I flew out Monday uh, for uh, Manchester, United Kingdom, and we're in the, in the nation of Wales, nation of the United Kingdom in Wales, and uh, we're preaching the Great Britain and Ireland Conference and had such a wonderful time. Uh, God blessed immensely. There's so many wonderful things that took place in that meeting, and I give God the praise for it. We, we got in last night. Well, we actually got in this morning about one, one in the morning, and, and, and I mean, jet lag or nothing, I woke up ready to preach. I can't wait. I just said, man, amen. This is where I'm going to get my rest this morning, right here in the presence of the Lord, and I am so thankful to God for He is good. And he is holy. Amen. I'd like to turn your attention to the gospel according to John chapter 1. And we're going to begin reading at the first verse. And this is one of my favorite passages of scripture. Uh, you, you've probably heard me quote it as much as I can. It, it's ministered to me for as long as I can remember from, from my childhood. And I just want to share the first several verses of this great book. John chapter 1 beginning with verse 1. The Word of the Lord says this, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. The same was in the beginning with God. All things were made by Him, and without Him was anything made that was made. 
in him was life and the life was the light of men and the light shineth in darkness and the darkness comprehended it not there was a man sent from God whose name was John the same came for a witness to bear witness of the light that all men through him might believe that all men through him might believe he was not that light but was sent to bear witness of that light that was the true light which lighteth every man that cometh into the world he was in the world now hear this the world was made by him and the world knew him not he came unto his own and his own received him not but as many as received him hallelujah but as many as received him to those who received him to them gave he power to become the sons of God even to them that believe on his name which were born not of blood nor of the will of the flesh nor of the will of man but of God and the word was made flesh and dwelt among us and we beheld his glory the glory is of the only begotten of the father full of grace and full of truth hallelujah I want to concentrate our attention primarily on the, the 12th verse where that it says as many as received him to them gave he power to become the sons of God and I would like to preach this morning on this subject those who receive him those who receive him could we lift our voices unto the Lord today in prayer and ask God's blessing upon the remainder of this service and upon the preaching of the word of God Lord I thank you for your spirit and I thank you for your mighty power I pray in the name of Jesus that you would move in this house that your word would have free course that you would anoint every word that is spoken let it let it be filled with love let it be filled with the anointing of the Holy Ghost Lord I pray in Jesus name that it be accurate that it be preached with boldness and that it make a difference in our hearts and in our minds as we hear the word of our God let us hear it and obey it oh God in the precious name of Jesus we pray and the church said in Jesus name and the church said amen amen, amen. God bless you you may be seated in the name of the Lord It is, a, it is a daunting idea and reality when you consider how many people live in our world today and how many do not know the Lord. It's one of the saddest things really to, to, uh, to think about. And, and, and in fact, it can become overwhelming in the frustration that it presents when you consider that there are people who simply do not know the Lord Jesus Christ and you sit and and observe news stories and you see situations develop you watch relationships sour and you see confusion abound and the whole time that you see it you're thinking in your mind if they only knew Jesus if they only knew Jesus. Now, as I'm, as I'm saying that, if, if, you, 
if you are maybe acquainted with him, but maybe not call yourself a believer, or maybe you call yourself a believer, but, but have not really poured yourself into him and poured yourself out of yourself, then you may not completely understand what it is I'm talking about when I say if they only knew Jesus. Folks, there is power in that name. There is power in that individual. The glory of God is shown to us in the face of Jesus Christ. The Bible calls him the express image of God's person. That he is the brightness of the glory of God. And it can become overwhelming and, and when, you, when you, you see that there are uh, nearly seven and a half billion people in the world today. And the number is rapidly multiplying. And we realize that so many souls simply do not know the Lord. And I want to tell you that it is imperative that we preach the gospel of Jesus Christ to every nation. The scripture tells us why Jesus came. Jesus came to seek and to save that which was lost. He told us in, 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 in so many different ways that he possibly could that he came to reach those who are downtrodden. When he first presented himself to people who would, who would hear him, he, he stood up in the middle of the synagogue and, and he opened up a scroll and, and he was reading from the prophet Isaiah and nobody knew exactly what he was going to say because they had never heard him really speak publicly like this. But when he unfurled that scroll, he began to read one of the ancient prophecies. And he said this, the spirit of the Lord is upon me because he hath anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. And he hath anointed me to bind up the brokenhearted. And he hath anointed me to deliver them that are bruised. Set at liberty them that are bruised. And he hath anointed me to open up the eyes of the blind. And to unlock the prison doors. He hath anointed me to preach the gospel. And to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord. And, and when he should have continued reading. Had he simply been reading the prophet Isaiah. But he wasn't just reading the prophet Isaiah he was making a declaration he folded up the scroll and said to those in the in the place he said this day is this scripture fulfilled in your ears and they all gasped the Bible says that that all of their eyes remained on him as he walked away because they said they thought what in the world did he just say did he say that the prophet Isaiah was declaring that he is the Messiah? He said, this day, this is the day where the words of the prophet Isaiah have come to pass. This day is this scripture fulfilled in your ears because I am anointed to reach them that are bruised and broken and bound. And he tried in parables to explain how it is. He said, I'm like a good shepherd that when one lamb is lost, I will search the, I will search the mountainside and the valley low in order to find that one lamb that is lost. And when I find him, I'll put him around my shoulders and I'll bring him back home. Because the good shepherd never stops seeking the lamb that is lost. He said, I'm like a woman who loses a coin 
10 coins she had but lost one of them. And, I, I, and she turned the house upside down looking for that one lost coin. He said, that's the way I look for a lost soul. I will turn things upside down looking for lost souls. When, when crowds of people would pass in front of him, he would look upon the, the crowds of people and, and he would sense the sickness in those crowds. And he would sense the, the, the feelings of brokenness and the, and the lifestyles that had been shattered inside those, those crowds of people. And the Bible said that he was moved with compassion for those who, who passed in front of him. He has a particular purpose at mind and in heart, and that is to reach those who are lost. And people don't think they're lost today. And, and, and even as I'm preaching about it, your mind is wandering and your thoughts are, are on what you're going to do after service. And, and you th- you're already thinking to yourself, Pastor, I've, I've heard this message a thousand times because you've grown callous to it. And you've hardened your heart to the reality that everybody needs Jesus. By him all things consist. And don't you let the devil lie to you and tell you that there's a hundred roads to heaven. He is the way. He is the truth. He is the life. I rebuke every lying spirit off of you in the name of Jesus Christ that's trying to confuse your mind and make you think that Jesus doesn't really matter. He is still the shepherd of our souls. He is still the light of the world. He is still the Lamb of God. And he is the only salvation. And I know this world mocks him. And I know popular culture mocks him. And I know people try to relegate him to a bunch of other religions. It's all a lie. He is the one true living God manifest in human flesh. He is the only begotten of a father full of grace and full of truth. He is God. Your creator wrapped up into your kind of body. And he lived the life that you are supposed to live, but it failed miserably to do so. He lived the life that I am supposed to live, but I've never quite been able to do it. And he died the death I deserve to die. And he died the death you deserve to die. Because you and I are sinners, and don't forget it. I said, you and I are sinners and don't forget it. That's why you're sad all the time. That's why you're depressed all the time. That's why you're confused all the time. That's why you're constantly seeking affirmation from this world. Because you're a sinner. And so am I. Without the blood of Jesus Christ. But thanks be to God for the victory. Hallelujah. I said thanks be to my God for the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. He's real. I just, I just want to shout it from the mountaintop. He's real. I want to, I want to, I want to get on the podcast. I want to get on the live stream. I want to get, I want to get it out any way, any, any, where we can and tell everybody who will listen, he's real and he saves and he's the answer. 
And you can keep trying drugs, but drugs will take you down the same road as taking everybody else down. And you can keep trying alcohol, but alcohol will keep taking you down the same road as taking down everybody else. And you can keep trying illicit sexual relationships, but that's going to take you down the same road it's taking everybody else. And one day, I hope it's today, but you hear this preacher, if it's not today, it will be one day where you will say, He is Lord. You hear what I'm telling you? There's coming a day where every knee shall bow. There's coming a day when every tongue will confess. I'm I'm just so tired of the enemy deceiving people. He deceives them into overdose. He deceives them into sexually transmitted diseases. He deceives them into divorce and broken homes. He deceives them into bitterness and resentment and unforgiveness. In the name of Jesus, church, we have got to shine the light. We have got to lift high the name of Jesus Christ. We've got to live it. We've got to preach it. And we've got to practice what we preach. It can't be a Jesus loves you, but I don't. We have to be the Lord in human flesh. We have to let God shine through us. If you're filled with the Holy Ghost, show it. If you're filled with the Holy Ghost, demonstrate it. If you've been washed in the blood, let it be seen. If your sins are washed away, shout about it. That's what these people are shouting for. You see the waving of the hands? They were sinners, but they're the saints of the Lord now because he brought them out. I said he brought them out. He lifted them up. Oh, God. The Bible says that the sower went forth to sow. He takes the seed, which is the word of God, and he just starts throwing it everywhere. That's what we have to do. We have to preach it to whosoever will. we got to preach it in the highways and in the byways. Jesus said there was a master of the house who had a wedding, and he sent the, the invitation for the wedding. And, and when he sent forth the wedding invitation, there, 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 there was all these excuses that came back. I can't come because i got this going on, and i got that going on, and I, I married a wife, and, and I have a, and I have, I bought, a new, bought some new and all these different excuses and the master said do you know all these excuses have come back I'll tell you what how about we just go out into the highways and go out into the byways and go talk to the blind and talk to the halt and talk to the lame and talk to the broken and I'm glad that he did because that's why I'm here today I I was the broken one that he found I was the broken one that he found And I'm glad God didn't despise my brokenness, but he reached way down in love and he picked me up. (laughs) The sower just sowed seed indiscriminately. He just threw it everywhere it could go. And it fell, some fell by the wayside and the birds of the air ate it up. 
And some fell on shallow ground and there was no ability for it to take root. And some fell among thorny ground and when it grew a little, the thorns choked it out, the life out of it. But some fell on good ground. As the word of God goes forth, I'm sad to say, but some are going to reject it. There are some who are going to mock it, who are going to say, I don't believe it. Now, I'm not speaking that into existence. I've just, that's just been my experience. There are some who will reject it. Jesus said, the sower goes forth to sow. And some of it falls on wayside, shallow ground, thorny ground. But some of it falls on good ground. My prayer today is that this seed, which is the word of God, will fall on some good ground. Now, now, not everybody may receive it. Some might walk out of here and say that preacher's crazy and that message is crazy. But, but you know what? If one person will receive the word of life, then it was worth the blood of Jesus Christ. I'm going to say that again. If just one soul will hear the word and receive it and obey it, it was worth the blood of Jesus, the sweat of Jesus, the tears of Jesus, the death, the burial, and the resurrection of Jesus. It was worth it all. It is so painfully sad that so many people will reject the message. But, but, but if they reject it, that's their business. Keep preaching it. Keep teaching it. Keep living it. Somebody's going to believe it because it is the truth. And the Bible says all men might believe. Paul said, I become all things to all men that by all means I might save some. If one person hears the word. Paul preached, he preached, he preached. And the Bible says that the crowd mocked him and the crowd turned on him. But there were some who believed. And for those who receive him, to them he gives power to become the sons of God. While I was in, while I was in Wales this week, just the other night, we're sitting in the restaurant eating. Pastor Hemus of Liverpool England had taken us and was hosting us and showing us around, taking us to get a bite to eat here and there. And we were sitting in the restaurant and the, the server came to the table, very nice young lady, and she, and she was putting her, the food down in the middle of the table. And as she did, she winced with pain. And she said, oh, oh, could you help me? Could you help me? We said, oh, absolutely. We, we grabbed the, the plate and we set it down on the table. And she said, she said, I... I I'm sorry. She said, I have a, a, an injured shoulder. And she, she kind of laughed about it. She said, I can hardly move it. She said, I certainly can't extend my arm any. And uh, so she said, thank you for your help. She said, I, I actually fell out of bed this morning. And, I, and, it, and it actually got, become, it became injured. And Pastor Hemus operates in the gifts of the Spirit. And he's not afraid of anything. He said, do you want it to be healed? That's what Jesus did. Jesus would walk up to somebody and say, do you want it to be healed? And then it was up to them. They would say yay or nay. 
And I was sitting there when he said that, I thought, I'm reading the Gospels right now. This is exactly the way Jesus operated. He said, do you want it to be healed? And she said, what? He said, do you want it to be healed? And she said, no. He said, if you want it to be healed, let me pray for it. And she said, no, no, don't touch it. And she would not let him pray for her. And I, and I thought to myself, oh my goodness, it's rejection of the, of, the, of the power of God. I would rather stay in my pain with what I'm familiar with than to be healed by the power of the mighty God. The next night in service, we had, we had conducted service the, the following night. And while we, were, while we were having service, one of the men, I, I went and prayed for a young man. And you just got to know this young man. He, he, he has a condition of Down syndrome. And he is in a wheelchair. And he is unable, he was unable to speak. And he, he, was, he would just pour his heart out in worship. Ladies and gentlemen, I've never seen anything like it in all my life. He would, he would, when the service would begin to, like it was here, Lion of Judah, you are the great I am. He would wheel his wheelchair to the front of the, of the auditorium and he would just he'd begin to move to the music. And, and he, was, he was trying his best to express his praise to the Lord. I mean, you just weep as he would worship God with the absolute best of his ability. So after the service, I went down and I laid hands on him to pray for him. And his father said, wait. He said, could you pray for my son that he could speak? He said he hasn't been able to open up his mouth and say a word for so long. I just want to hear him speak again. I said, yes, sir, I absolutely will. And so I went over and I, and I, and I laid hands on him and I said, I prayed for him. I said, Lord, open his mouth and let him speak forth. In the name of Jesus Christ. I said, hear the cry of his father. And we prayed for him. And I, I, I said, God bless you. And God bless you to the father. And I, I walked out. And I went back to my room. And I said, God, could you open that young man's mouth? I said, you're God and I'm not. But you have all power. And you have all wisdom. And you know what's best. But I said, Lord, could you just open his mouth? Could you do it while I'm here? And I started getting real specific with my prayer. I said, could you do it while I'm here? And furthermore, I said, if, if, if nothing else, could you just open his mouth enough to, that he can praise you? The next night we had service again and the Lord moved on me to preach just on the power of God. And so I preached on the, the unprecedented power of God. And it was a night of, of faith building and we preached on God's ability to do anything and to do things you had never seen him do before. And as we preached the word of the Lord, the Holy Ghost began to move and the altars filled while the preaching of the word went forth. People came forward in the name of Jesus. And so, so we went around praying and I, I saw the young man. I went down to him and I laid hands on him and I said open up your mouth and praise the Lord just do it right now just open up your mouth and praise the Lord magnify God give him praise just open up your mouth right where you are and magnify the Lord and then I moved on and prayed for other people the next morning I was on a panel discussion sharing the word of the Lord with young ministers and in came this young man they wheeled him to the front of the of the the place where we sat 
And while we were speaking and, and sharing the word of God with, with, with the young people, and, 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 and we ran out of time. All the questions came in. All the answers went forth. And, and then we ran out of time. And so when I got done, there was, a, a, there was a little line of people that had more questions. And so another man came up and said, I have a question for you. And he began to ask his question. While he was asking me his question, they were taking the microphone down to the young man in the wheelchair. And the young man in the wheelchair... I could hear him saying, I love you, Jesus. I praise you, Jesus. I give you glory. I looked at the young man who was questioning me. I said, I'm so sorry. I haven't heard a word you've said for the last 20 seconds. I need you to wait a moment. I've got to give God some praise for what he's just done. Don't reject him. Receive him. Don't stay in your pain. But let him fill you with power from on high. Woo! What's really awesome about it is that after the service where the power of God was manifest... And we prayed for the young man. Brother Hemus, I had not shared with Pastor Hemus about the situation regarding the young man, the prayer that, that was asked to be prayed over him, that he could speak. And so, so after the service, on the night where the Lord just caused his spirit to fall mightily upon everybody, we came out of that service and somebody mentioned, I don't know how it even came up, somebody mentioned the, the idea of some being, someone being mute and unable to speak. And Brother Hemus, not knowing the prayers I had been praying, Lord, open this young man's mouth while I'm here. Let me hear him praise you. And, and, and while we're talking, Brother Hemus said, well, I'll tell you this. He said, if there was somebody unable to speak because of being mute tonight, they're no longer mute after this night's service. And when he said that, he didn't even know about the prayers I was praying, about the young man's situation. But when he said it, the Lord spoke to me and said, that was a prophetic utterance. Ladies and gentlemen, I'm going to tell you something. It's not time for you to backslide. It's not time for you to quit. It's not time for you to get carnal. This thing is real. He is God. He's on the throne. He loves people. He wants to save to the uttermost. Do you know what Jesus said? He said to the, to, the, to the children of Israel, to the Jews, he said, listen, do you know that in the days of the prophet Elisha, he said there were so many lepers in Israel. But the only leper that was ever healed was the captain of the host of Syria. His name was Naaman. He wasn't even a part of the lineage of Abraham. So you got all these lepers that God wants to heal all of them. God wants to set all of them free. God wants everybody's tongues to be loose. God wants everybody's eyes to be open. God wants everybody's ears to be unstopped. God wants to raise the fallen from their fall. But he said there was just one leper that was healed. What's awesome about that story is that Naaman had to completely abase his pride. And he had to go do what the Lord told him to do. And I just wonder, what if, what if 
you did what the Lord told you to do. I'm going to quote Acts 2.38 to you again, okay? I'm going to quote it to you again. If you've never heard it, get ready because you're going to hear some of the most, the, the most important words you'll ever hear. Because this is how God commands everybody to respond to the gospel of Jesus Christ. Here it is. Are you ready? Repent. I'm going to say something else. You better get this in your spirit now. Be baptized, every last one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins, and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. And that's awesome, and that's great, but I'm going to tell you the toughest part of that whole passage of Scripture for anybody is the very first word, repent. And some of you are standing outside the power of God because you refuse to repent. You refuse to give it all to God. You refuse to let it all be out on the altar. You refuse to lay it all down. You're still holding on to something the devil gave you a long time ago. You need to release all of it to God. You need to give him every ounce of sin in your life. And until that happens, you're going to continue to stand on the outside of the promise and the purpose of God for your life. Oh, I feel the Holy Ghost so strong right now. I can hear the, I can hear the words of Jesus as he looked out over Jerusalem and said, Oh, Jerusalem, Jerusalem, you that kill the prophets. And stone my servants. How often I would have gathered you together. How often I would have poured my spirit upon you. But you would not. It is his desire to save everybody. It is his desire to heal every household. It is his desire to heal every sin, every sickness. It is his desire. It is his hope. It is his desire to, to deliver us from our fallen condition. And, and, and all we have to do is give it all to him. Oh, I feel his presence. And I know, and I know, and I just, I just simply know that not everybody who hears that will heed it. I mean, Jesus... Lived it, of course, in front of Judas. And Judas still decided to go his own way. Some will simply not receive. But to those who receive, to them gives he power to become the sons of God. Hallelujah. You're scared of stuff because you don't feel the power of God in your life. You're afraid of the enemy because you know there's something between you and your Savior. You're, you're, you're afraid of what the enemy shall do unto you because there's still something separating you from complete faith and trust in the living God. You need to lay it all down and say, God, I don't want anything but you, nothing but you. I want to obey your word. I want to hear and heed your word. I want you to come take control of my life in the name of the Lord. I'm thinking of the king when he threw the three Hebrew children into the fiery furnace and they were cast into the fiery furnace and they should have died upon entrance. It should have completely asphyxiated them, immediately consumed them. But that did not happen. And furthermore, 
After throwing three in the fire, there was a fourth man and they were walking around in the fire. And King Nebuchadnezzar looked inside and he was like rubbing his eyes and looked at his servants and said, didn't we throw three in the fire? They said, yes. He said, then I have a few questions. Number one, why are there four of them? Secondly, how in the world are they walking around? And finally, why does that fourth guy look like the son of God? Now, when he said, why does he look like the son of God? He, he did not know what Jesus looked like, who was the only begotten son of God, the father in flesh. He did not know what Adam looked like, who was the created son of God at the beginning. He did not know what either one of them looked like. So he was not saying, oh, that looks like Adam. Or that looks like Jesus. That's not what he was saying. What he was saying is, in order for somebody to be able to have dominion over fire like that fourth guy has dominion over fire it has to be a son of God when Jesus told Nicodemus because listen to what Nicodemus question was he said master we know you are a teacher come from God for no man can do these miracles that you do except God be with him Jesus response was verily verily I say unto you except a man be born again he cannot enter into the kingdom of heaven except a man be born of the water and of the spirit he cannot see the kingdom of heaven when you are born again you are not that's not a metaphor that's not some kind of a clever way of saying something cool happened you are born again not of the will of man not of flesh and blood but born of God as a child of God And you walk in the authority of the Lord. Oh, hallelujah. God does not desire you, and he never designed you to be weak and timid and afraid of every turn of the corner. He did not design you to be afraid of what the adversary would bring down your path. Oh, I know the adversary is intimidating, but I am a son of God. I said, I am a son of God. I am washed in the blood of the lamb. I am covered with the blood of Jesus, filled with the spirit of my God. Every sin has been washed from my life. I am not an old man. If any man be in Christ he is a new creature all things are passed away all things are become new I'm a son of God what manner of love hath the father bestowed upon us that we should be called the sons of God this is how a child of God can go through the fiery trial and keep on walking. And the devil looks in and said, I thought I threw them in the fire. You did. Well, then how are they walking around in the fire? And who's that with them? 
I'll tell you how I'm walking around in the fire. I'm a son of God. I'm a son of God. I'm a son of God. No weapon formed against me shall prosper. Greater is he that is in us than he that is in the world. If you believe it, clap your hands and shout unto somebody lift up the name of Jesus lift up the name of Jesus he's worthy he's worthy he's worthy to be praised hallelujah I'm 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 done I'm done you know what you know what I would love it I would love it if we had a a, a 1,000 soul revival before the day is over. Did did you know that tonight at 6 o'clock, Brother Rima Duncan is coming to preach? We're going to have a Holy Ghost time tonight in the name of the Lord. Powerful evangelist. I would to God a thousand people would come to the Lord before this day is over. That God would love a million people to come to him before the day is over. But I'm going to tell you something. If one... I mean, he comes into the world, and the world was made by him. He came into the world, and the world knew him not. He came into his own, and his own received him not. But to as many as received him, to them gave he power to become the sons of God. So the man was walking down the seashore. You can stand with me. I'm finished. I'm finished. I'm finished. I'm finished is Greek for I'm almost done. (laughs) Amen. The man was walking down the seashore. And while he's walking down the seashore, he sees a, a, a kid picking up starfish that had washed up on the sea, upon the shore. You've probably heard this. And the little boy is taking starfish and throwing them back in the water. And the the gentleman said, Son, what are you doing? He said, I'm saving these starfish. And the man looked at all the starfish as far as the eye could see. He said, well, good luck with that. He said, you're never really, you know, you're never really going to make that, make a difference. There's too many. And the young man said, but... I could make a difference in this one. And I can make a difference in that one. And I can make a difference in this one. Now the way the gospel works is it is presented to any and all. And I'm going to tell you something. The work of our missionaries is absolutely phenomenal. Hundreds of thousands and millions of people hearing the gospel of Jesus Christ. And you can look over the vast landscape of our world and you can look at the problems that abound and arise and you can say, well, well, there's no way to make that big of a difference. But if one person believes, if one person receives, hallelujah, 
the difference is made. And I'm going to tell you something. One can put a thousand to flight. And two can put ten thousand to flight. In the name of Jesus. You know what? I'm, I, I'm not in this thing. I'm not in this thing to talk about how many people come to our church now. And I'm not in this thing to see how many people will come to our church later and, and, and be able to tell some. No, no, that's not what this is about. It's about making a difference through the gospel of Jesus Christ in one life after another. Because he wants to save and he wants to heal and he wants to deliver. And you can be the first in your family. You can be the healing agent that brings a mighty power and miraculous work of God into your home. Do you want to see your loved ones healed by the power of God? Are you tired of seeing brokenness all around you? Don't be like the, the young lady with the injured arm. No. Don't touch me. I'm, I'm afraid it'll hurt worse if you put your hand on my shoulder. God won't hurt you. He'll heal you. Nothing to be afraid of. He's real. You need to turn your popular culture down. You need to tune. Listen. We have people, we literally have people who are suicidal giving our kids direction. They are multi-millionaires on the verge of, 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 of overdose themselves because they are frantically trying to find something to keep them at the level of performance that they desire to be. And they have, they have millions of dollars and they themselves are so broken within and they're leading young people down a path that is full of nothing but brokenness. In the name of Jesus. My heart is so heavy today. My heart is so heavy today. It's not normal. It's not normal. Dysfunction is not normal. We've grown comfortable with dysfunction because that's all we know, but it's not normal. God wants to heal your mind and heal your heart. He wants to heal your family. He wants to heal the brokenness of your circumstances. Will you be one of those who receive him? Come on, be one of those. Be one of those who receive him. I, I, stood, I stood on the platform of that conference this week and I looked out over those people that were seeking God from all, all nationalities represented. And as I was watching them seek the face of God, my heart just began to break and I, I began to say to the Lord, Lord, I, I don't deserve the blessings. I don't deserve the blessings you placed in my life. I don't deserve the blessings you placed in my life. All, literally all I've done is say, Lord, I receive you unto myself. And I lay myself down. I lay myself aside. And God did the rest. I'm going to tell you right now, He can do the rest for you. He can do the rest for you. You do not have to have this thing figured out. You do not have to know what next step to take. All you have to do is say, God, I open my heart to you. 
I pour myself out and I receive you unto myself. I want somebody to come right now in the name of Jesus and seek the face of God all across this building. Somebody needs to come right now in the name of Jesus because to as many as receive him, he will give you power. I said he will give you power. To as many as receive him, he will give you grace. Grace that is sufficient. He will give you mercy. Mercy in the name of Jesus. He will heal your brokenness. He will heal your brokenness. In the name of the Lord. In the name of the Lord. He will heal your brokenness. In the name of Jesus. Come on, that's it. That's it. That's it. In the name of Jesus. Forgiveness was born with the precious blood of Jesus Christ. Oh, come to me. 